Hello and welcome to the Ending Body Burnout Show. We are your hosts, Chris and Philly, co-founders of a multi-award winning functional medicine practice, serving busy people with energy, mood and gut issues. While busyness, addictive doing, people pleasing and perfectionism might be the norm, it's not normal and it's a major contributor to health issues. Our goal with this show is to give you a holistic root, root cause approach to healing your body so that you don't have to continue doctor or diet hopping or popping a gazillion supplements hoping something might stick so get ready to heal your body get your spark back deeply connect with yourself and step into the life of your dreams let's Let's dive dive in. in Wonderful. Merry Christmas. Can you believe this episode is coming out on Christmas Day? Now, I'm actually super organized and not only did we record this with Christy maybe two months ago, (laughs) but I'm also doing this intro very early as well. So I am having the day off with my family today on Christmas and over Christmas break. But we um, wanted to share this episode with you because I'm sure there's a lot of leisure time happening at Christmas. season. So you're going to love this episode. I talk with the beautiful Christy Russell from Movers and Shakers Music. So she is a mindfulness teacher, an accomplished musician, a course creator, and she has a really incredible healing story of working through 30 plus years of chronic pain. Think migraines, gut burning, fibromyalgia type pain. And she is so vulnerable and honest and so generous in sharing with us how she emerged and overcame this chronic pain by deeply connecting with herself. We also tap into her expertise in mindset and using music to calm the nervous system, to um, to support brain health and also her work uh, with children and educators. So this is a really fun episode. You're going to love Christy. She is just a ray of sunshine. Every time I see her pop up in my socials feed, I just want to smile and I know that you will feel her ray of sunshine coming through this audio today. Um, And before we jump in, just a reminder that Ending Body Burnout Method, our program is the doors are open. We've left them open over the holiday period. They will be closing in January though. So if you've been, oh yeah, I mean, ahhing and thinking, I really, really want to get to the root, root cause of my health issues. And Christy and I talk a lot about what that looks like today on the, on the podcast. Um, you're sick of just band-aiding symptoms, whether it's with medication or natural supplements or even, you know, just standard functional medicine, naturopathy, clinical nutrition. You're like, you know what, those things help but I still haven't got to the root because my symptoms keep flaring up all the time. Or maybe you haven't even tried anything yet to address your body burnout, but you want to just cut to the chase and make sure you're doing a robust healing process that creates phenomenal results. Then jump in and join the Ending Body Burnout Method before doors close in January. All right. Hi, everybody. I'm so excited for this conversation we're going to have today with the lovely Christy Russell. So I've read your official bio. Um, I have only known you for a short period of time, but anytime I see you, you just make me want to smile. (laughs) 
Oh, thank you. That's actually really lovely feedback. I I hope that's the feeling I give most people. <laughs> I think it's just like I liken you to just a little ray of sunshine or a big ray of sunshine. So it's it's lovely. Thank you, Philly. That's really lovely to to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So with all our guests. Most people, especially if you're in more the holistic healing, mindfulness, health space, most of us have experienced some sort of body burnout in the past. So are you happy to let's just get like personal so everyone can learn all the all the secrets all about you? You mentioned that you were you were, you were experiencing 30 plus years of chronic pain, which is an incredibly long period of time to not feel well. So when did that start and what was happening during your life around then? Yeah, well, just before we hit record, I know we mentioned the word seasons mm. and I really think that there are some specific seasons that um, are uh, important to my story. And I think um, when you ask where it started, I probably would say when I was 10, when I first got my first migraine at 10, it was excruciating and I just didn't know what was happening. And and from then on, I got migraines for the next probably, I would say, almost 30 years wow. on, on and off, but yep. usually related hormonally. Mm. Um, and they run in my, in my family, in the female side only. So my mum, my auntie, my auntie's daughter, my cousins, you know. Mm. So we just thought that that was part of, what we had to deal with in our life and mm. um, in terms of, so you know following on from sort of 10 and then through my teenage years I developed some ulcer you know stomach ulcer kind of burning sensations um, still the migraines and I would say um, what was happening then was I was a typical high achiever high grades high performing high-functioning, perfectionist, all of the things that mm. I know from listening to your podcast episodes that contribute to, you know, putting your your mental state, your physical state in a state of high alert. Yeah. So, you know, that that is throughout all the different seasons, that is certainly, you know, something with hindsight has contributed mm. heavily. Um, so, you know, then as I went into early adulthood, oh, by the way, a lot of that was to do, I think, um, I was trained classical pianist, mm -hmm. so classical musician, and it's very, very perfectionist driven. Um, and while I'm not taking away anybody who's been classically trained or trained to, you know, to perform at a high, high stand, I think there's wonderful things that we can take, wonderful lessons, wonderful self-discipline um, things. But I think sometimes if you're not mindful about what's also happening internally, mm. it can it can lead to, you know, the burnout and the mm. fatigue, constant trying to perf um, performance, anxiety, pleasing, that kind of thing. Mm. But, go yeah, going through sort of um, teenagehood and all the hormones that come with that and the awkwardness of high school and being, you know, young and I was a very, I'm, I'm still an introvert. I do love people and I, I do love being around people and I'm genuinely interested in them, but I need a lot of downtime in nature to reset my um, internal systems. So, and I didn't know that then. I just thought I was weird, you know. <laughs> I just thought yeah. I was the weird one. I was into arty farty stuff. I was the hippy dippy one, you know, but I was also a real brainiac and I love science. And yeah, so all the yeah. things. <laughs> oh, 
all the things like Tina Towers. Um, <laughs> and then moving into early adulthood, you know, just, you know, just pain. It was never diagnosed as fibromyalgia, but it mm. was pain it was in my elbows, in my joints, um, this and that. And then I went overseas and then I came back and that turned into, and then I had chronic back pain. Mm. Um, and then, you know, fast forward a few years and then we had our own children and I had postnatal depression my hormones just went through the roof. My husband was working away. I had two young kids. And, you know, so lots mm. of, there were lots of things going on. I was a, that typical sort of busy, busy person, high achiever still. Mm. Um, and didn't really, didn't really feel like I could talk to anyone. I'm, I'm, I, and in saying that, I don't mean any disrespect to my family or my friends, but I think the pressure I put on myself to be perfect mm. meant that. I was the strong one. People saw me as the strong one and therefore I couldn't really show any weakness. And that's, again, it's all on me. That was my perception. So, you know, other people, people that love you, they can only help you if you need the help. Like if you say I need help or, you know, if you show that you want the help as well. Mm. So, um, yeah, so different seasons as I grew up and things like that, there was still this sort of underlying perfectionism, high performance and, and that sort of, and repressed emotion as well. You know, mm. we didn't talk a lot about emotions in our family. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, and interestingly, I've, I've married an Irishman who is so the opposite. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. That's probably only, why. Yeah, I need exactly. some of this. <laughs> I need this, I need to find. And so we've been married for like 11 years and we're only, it was funny, we were talking about it not long ago, we only feel like in the last few years we've kind of come to a middle ground in the way we converse with each other, we communicate our needs and whatever because it's just so opposite. Like we're honestly so opposite. Mm. Now we kind of respect that oppositeness. Yeah. Is that a word? Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like me and Chris as well. And actually, you know what? Um, I've never thought about this, but yeah, I did not know how to communicate my emotions and my thoughts and my feelings. And Chris totally did right from the first time we met. And so, yeah. yeah. There was a part of me that was just like, you need to help me or I want you to help me to pull this out of me, even though it wasn't a conscious decision to do that. But there was something, something in your DNA, something in your spirit soul Mm. that was telling you you're attracted to this person because Mm. you know it's safe, Mm. going to love you no matter how ugly you are Mm. on the inside or on the outside. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, it's interesting. And and I love that, um, you know, I've listened to your story and Chris's story as well. And I really, I love the, that, the talk about the unconscious and what's mm. happening. And I never really understood anything that was happening to the surface, under the surface, until mm. I completely burned it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, and then I, you're, you're forced to, and you can either do something about it or you can stay in the depths of your despair. Yeah. Um, okay. Oh God, I needed to come out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there was, migraines, fibromyalgia type pain, the gut stuff going on for decades, patterns of perfectionism, busyness, addictive doing. When did you start to actually address that, to say to yourself, because it also sounded like as well, it's like, oh, there is this pattern in my family line as well. And so one may look at that and just be like, oh, I guess that's just my destiny then. 
everyone else. So this is just something I have to live with or learn to manage. Is that was that how you thought or was there a point in time where you're like, you know what, what if I can solve this? What if what if this isn't my reality? Yeah. There, there's been two monumental moments. I think of it as um, that cocoon moment when the butterfly is getting prepared and they mm. go in her and then they come out. Complete transformation. Mm. Still butterfly, you know, still that DNA, whatever. So the first time happened when I came back from overseas. I'd been away for four years working away, had some relationships in the past that you know just were like toxic Mm. I was toxic for that person they were toxic for me and I came back and I made and I was really down really lost down I'm like what is going on I need to do something and I happened to move back to Melbourne and I lived with my best friend and she's always like she's my sister you know Mm. sister from another she's my soul sister and just being with her and, and being allowed to be me, I went through about, it actually, I looked at it, it was about a nine-month period of mm. dating myself and yeah. I'm doing inverted comments, comments for those people that are not lis- uh, listening. Yeah. Um, and I did this complete personal transformation. I worked, um, did crystal healing. I did um, journaling. I worked through this thing with Tanishka. I don't know if you know anything about her. Inner, inner goddess. It was beautiful. Mm. Chakra work. I just did everything. And mm. I just only dated myself. I had absolutely no contact with males or anything. Nice. And it was the most beautiful thing because I wrote down what I wanted to do. I, I faced some really ugly, what I perceived as ugly truths about myself, mm. which is just my beautiful shadow. You know, mm. how could I how could I how could I treat myself like that when really it's just an inner child that needs a hug mm. you know what it mean? needs mm-hmm. to be understood so that was my first around the age of 30 mm-hmm. and then my second massive big transformation was when I was about 42 mm-hmm. on my 40th birthday I was like brilliant I feel amazing 41 I was like oh my god I am done with this mm-hmm. and I had anger in me that I had never felt before mm-hmm. oh my god it was so powerful and I didn't know what to do with it. I was just like... Can I, can I just ask some sp- specific questions? So after the 30-year-old yep. um, going inwards, did that did your symptoms disappear then? Interesting. I would say, now I'm going to have to think about this, I would say that my... Uh, I, don't, I don't know. that Different symptoms came, but what mm. I can tell is that I experienced joy and mm. I've never experienced joy. Mm. I literally felt it as a, a, a stream of light consciousness through my body, through my feet, through everything. And that is where, you know, you said to me about my smile. Mm. I think I've always had a nice smile, but I actually felt like what my joy was coming out of me. Yeah. yeah. And I'd never felt that before internally or externally. So I think um, I can't say... I'm sure that things changed physically, yeah. but it was more mental transformation mm. than I felt yeah. because then I had asked for the uni- I you know put it out to the universe. I'd, eventually, one time I'd like to meet this person. I ended up manifesting my husband, mm-hmm. my now, and manifesting a whole lot of stuff that I really put my mind, heart, and soul to asking for. Yeah, but then I think what happened with you know, the chronic back pain started 
mm, a little while into our relationship. Mm-hmm. And then things sort of went, you know, as I fell pregnant, as, mm. you know, first traumatic pregnancy and then other things, you know, added to things that I hadn't still worked through internally. Mm-hmm. So different sets of things. So then when you were 40 and you said, I felt amazing, is yeah. is that like physically, mentally, emotionally, all of it? All of it. Just, yeah. Wow, I feel a little bit sort of like I can be assertive and I kind of don't really care what people think of me. Yeah. Not that I, it's funny because my best friend and I always talk about this. I don't really care what people think of me as in I'll do what I want, right? Mm. But internally I do. I'm a people pleaser mm. by default, right? Whereas my best friend always cares what people think, what people say, what she, what she looks like, you know, that kind of thing. I don't have that hang up, but I have the internal hang up. Mm-hmm. Not anymore, but um, but yeah, that that sort of feeling of, oh, wow, I feel amazing. I feel like I've kind of grown up and matured enough to not, yeah, I just, I don't know. I just had this real, a, a lovely comfort feeling and a feeling of peace within. Yeah. And I can't exactly say what happened around 41 or 42. Maybe it was hormones shift. Who knows? And then you got angry. I was angry Christy. <laughs> I'd had enough of the crap. I'd had enough of people being nice to people and they just shut all over me and walked all over me. I just had enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's so unlike me. You know, I, I think of it as that's, I just, I felt like I was looking at someone going, oh, are you okay? <laughs> And that was when my chronic back pain was just at a level like I was nearly going to go in for surgery. Wow. I can't get up in the morning without pain. I can't go to sleep without pain. I can't lift my kids. Mm. I can't. It had been a cumulative effect, though. I Mm -hmm. really have to say that. So, and that's when, again, I'm going to talk about my best friend. My best friend and I, we're journeying through this life together and we have so much that happens to us that suddenly just supports each other. And she was going through some horrific pain issues and she had a pain specialist come to her in hospital. And he said to her, you know, you don't have to be in pain. And she's like, what? Your pain is more than physical. And she's like, what do you mean? And then they started about this holistic way of, well, pain is not just physical we can't explain it just through one physical element it's emotional it's spiritual it's you know pain is an emotion so then she said to me crystals because that's my nickname you'd never believe this you don't have to be in pain either and so (laughs) we went on this spiritual journey healing thing together and I oh my god Mm. the best thing that I've ever done cannot tell you and then that is okay so cool (gasps) so we actually was it last week or the week before we did a a group call with um our clients in our ending body burnout method and we spoke specifically about pain and i used a model oh gosh his name has disappeared off out of my brain right now but it was in the 1970s oh who dr sano no it's uh dr engel um Yep. You know who I'm talking about? Okay, yeah. I don't know, actually. I'm just going to jot him down because I think. So he his model is all about the bio-socio-psycho model and specifically for pain because he was getting a bunch of people coming into his clinic and it's like, oh, we're doing all the physical stuff and, you know, while some people it helped, 
Other people it wasn't at all and some people it helped but it wasn't sticking for life. And so then and so then he looked at, okay, well, what else is going on? So we're not just a physical body. We're also psychological. So psychologically is mental, emotional, spiritual, um, what's happening in your unconscious state. And really pain is just there to keep us safe. It's there for safety and survival because it is the fastest and easiest way to get us out of danger because we will listen to pain. And so then it's like, oh, okay, well, what's happening unconsciously that is causing unsafety in your system? And then socio is really interesting too. It's like, who are you hanging out with? What perceptions do you have either like in your family circle? So I'm thinking about your family line of, oh, just all the women have migraines and pain. Other things, yeah. And like cultural norms. Oh, yeah, like when you feel something physical, it's just in the physical body. And so therefore, which then causes people to feel like they don't have a lot of control over it because then they have to go to the experts to fix them. Mm. So, okay. So what, so you went on this journey. Yeah. And I was going to say, I'm going to use, a. Um, I hope you don't mind, it, through Curable. So Curable is an app. Mm. I mean, I'm not, I'm not affiliated with them or anything. <laughs> but, um, it's, it first started through listening to their podcast and their podcast is called Like Mind, Life Body. And mm. it was the first time I'd ever really um, understood what pain is. And the, the whole issue, uh, not the issue, the challenge is that most GPs now have gone through their training and they've had a bit of this and a bit of that, you know, an overview and they have and they've studied and it's important that they study, but they're not studying what the relevant pain at the science behind pain is these days. It's still got the old model mm. of pain is a physical manifestation. Mm. They're not taking into account all the, you know, the quantum mechanics, quantum physics, the energetics and epigenetics, all of the mm. stuff that we have to um, have at our hands these days. So when you go to a GP or go to a professional and talk about your pain and they can't fix it, mm. well, then what are you supposed to just have some drugs or have this or have surgery or whatever? Mm. So that's, it's just so, it's so dangerous. It really is. Yeah. So what my healing was, was a combination of everything. And, you know, you would appreciate this holistically. Mm. I need to do graded motor imagery I needed to do expressive writing I needed to do CBT I needed to do everything and address everything on a level that was that made sense to me Mm. so the onus or the responsibility not in a bad way was to but to come back to me and what my story was Mm. you know I know you love story you know you've done your PhD in Mm. creating storytelling what are the stories that we're telling I was telling myself that I'm not good enough unless I get 200%. Mm. I'm not good enough unless I do all the things all the time and I'm always the strong one. Mm. So all of these things that I was telling myself, I had to then go deep into them and critically evaluate those to see, well, uh, is that true? Okay, well, if that's true, then what about that and what about that? So, you know, you're following it, you're going to the root root cause Mm. and – it took a lot of time. Like I would probably say that I worked on this for about 14 months, mm-hmm. most days of the week. Yeah. And, you know, I'm grateful that I do have that self-discipline. I'm really grateful that I was able to dig deep down into it. Yeah. 
I still believe that I'm drawing upon, you know, I wouldn't say I'm healed completely, but I'm, I've healed to the point where I'm okay with not being okay. Mm. I'm okay with a little twinge pain here and there. I'm okay. I don't fear everything anymore. Mm. And that's what it was. The root root cause for me was this fear. Yeah. I wasn't loved. I wasn't good enough. People are going to abandon me if I show my true self. Mm. Very deep work. Yeah, it's so deep. And just something that you said there too, I think is really important to understand is uh, what does it even mean to be healed completely? Um, because we're, we're humans. And again, mm. I just go back to the science behind pain. Why is pain there? Well, it's there to keep us safe. And so imagine if someone went through a massive healing and transformation journey and then they're completely symptom-free. Now, I believe that you can get to a point where there can be certainly prolonged periods of being symptom-free, but but it's still there to keep you in line. Like it's still there to say, hey, we started believing something or we started going down old patterns that aren't serving you or weren't serving you in the past. Or actually, you know what? You just ate something that has a nasty bacteria in it and yeah, you actually have food poisoning now. <laughs> so <Did> you mean- <laughs> yeah. it's like, you know, like, so it's still there to serve a purpose. It's not like, you know, Though we say ending body burnout, that doesn't actually mean like you are happy and symptom free for the rest of your life and you're living on a cotton ball and da 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 da. It's actually getting to the point where you can listen to those signals before they get you to the point of like that deep body burnout again. Yeah, you're so true. And I was thinking about that this morning because I woke up this morning feeling quite anxious Mm. and I just thought, okay, what's going on, Christy? You're. And I realized that I'd been doing a lot of stuff. I've been doing, you know, a lot of stuff for my own business, a lot of stuff with my kids, working through their, you know, they're kind of one of them's preteens and mm. lots of emotions that seem to come up. You know, there's a lot of mental load going on and I haven't, I realized I haven't taken enough time out for myself. Yes. Just to, even if it's five minutes, you know, I'm not, ta- I'm not saying I have to go into a spa for the day, mm-hmm. you know, I just, when I, I'm really grateful that I, exactly like you said, I'm not going for happy 100%. That is an absolute myth and I think that's really dangerous to try and attain that. We mm. are not robots and we are not monks. Well, it's okay, also perfectionism pain. showing up again. If someone was like, I'm going to be 100% happy all the time and super healthy yeah. and pain-free, yeah. <laughs> that's a bit tiring, <laughs> a bit boring. Exhausting. I'll tell you about it. <laughs> So it's really good because I thought, oh, okay, Christy, you, you've, you're feeling all those things. Mm. It's okay. Take a breath. Just mm. think about what you can do. What action can you take right now that will, uh, you know, that snowball effect. We don't, we want to prevent the snowball effect. Mm. Yes. That's what I didn't know before. I didn't know that you could physically and internally, mentally, I didn't realize that I had that power within myself to mm. stop the snowball, not mm. repress it, not stop it forever, but mm. just stop it in its tracks, mm. let it flow through me, respect it, thank it for reminding me, mm. you know, but it's my accountability buddy. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not going to treat my accountability buddy how I used to. I'm not going to ignore them. I'm not going to be rude to them 
because I don't want them to be rude to me. I don't want them to give me a heart attack. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't want it to become a heart attack or something yeah. horrible. Yeah, I love that. Accountability, buddy. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you. So life sounds like it's very different to you. You mentioned that you're training for your first Dan in Taekwondo. Now, I don't really specifically know what that is, but I did see you on social media chopping a board. Uh- breaking a board with your bare hands well actually I do have to do two boards with my bare hands but I was breaking a board with my foot now this is really interesting I have um this is my accountability buddy in physical form so Mm. nothing mental as well so taekwondo it's a martial art it's using your hands the the art of using your hands and your feet as weapons it's self-defense okay so we essentially do it as self-defense. We don't compete. We do it. It's family friendly. Do it with the kids. Mm-hmm. About three months into my healing journey of my chronic pain, I just happened to um, one of my piano students did Taekwondo and she said, oh, you'd love it. Come up and bring the kids up. So I did and I was hooked. And my perfectionist part of me went hammer and tongs. I like I don't, I'm going to get this chronic pain. I'm going to beat it and I'm going to do oh, no. this. So I did go hard at the start. Mm-hmm. I took half muscles left, right and centre. <laughs> I injured left, right and centre. I'm like, Christy, slow down. Mm-hmm. Remember why, remember before you melted down, before you had this huge burnout, why was that? Ah, the perfectionist, the, the mm. doing, pushing myself. Mm off a bit and I enjoyed it more Mm. I'm hooked let me tell you but in a gentler way Mm. because I love the way that it helps me Uh, I love the endorphins and the natural stuff that's released when I physically am you know in physically working out my aerobics I love the physical side of it I love the mental discipline Mm. and when I say mental discipline it's holding back when you need to hold back Mm -hmm. yeah I love that it's still a team sport but internally you know it's an individual sort of thing mm. but I love the community so this is you know when I know that um I you know like I said it's an accountability buddy as well when I'm mentally tired I love training I'm like I look forward to it when I'm physically tired I don't go to training mm-hmm. or I go to training and I say to my instructor I'm feeling pretty low in energy. Can I just help you out with the instructing tonight? And he'd be like, yep, that's fine. So I'm, mm. I'm using my asking voice, which I've, I really have to practice that. I'm asking for what I need. Mm. I'm listening to my body. And, you know, for your listeners out there, I'm not saying that I do this 100% of the time again. I'm mm. about an 80 20 person. Yeah. Generally. If I'm 70, 30 or 50, 50 or whatever, then I know, okay, well, I really need to just cut some things out of my schedule this week or Mm. I can say no to that. But that's kind of that, like, idea, that balance that I like to do. Yeah, I like that. So, yeah, my first down is when you do your senior black belt. Mm -hmm. So it's really, yeah, once you get to your black belt. It's pro, guys. Pro. (laughs) And you've, you've earned it physically, you've, you've, you know, because there's sparring involved as well. There's using your, um, I wouldn't say fighting, but it's sparring. It's using the skills that you're learning through all the patterns that you do. So that's kind of like dance movements mm. in a way. I like to describe it like that. Certain patterns, I love the philosophy behind it about 
being humble but being strong and defending the weak and you know um train you know training and striving for something greater than you mm. Um, so yeah, when you get to your black belt, that's certainly not the end of the journey, but I liken my classical piano, you know, when I was 17, I got awarded with, you know, um, what we call the associate diploma in music. It's a very high, you've attained a technical mastery and then you can certainly go on and that's probably what black belt is. Yeah. That's really cool. And one thing I do want to say about this, you know, I think. There's certain, you talk about this a lot, you know, character traits, Mm. perfectionism, people-pleasing, things like that. My, I wouldn't say challenge, but yeah, it is a bit of a challenge, is to know that I want more out of this life. Mm. I don't just want to be mediocre. But what that looks like for me might look different for somebody else, but it's about me going, well, what am I prepared to sacrifice to have to be more like I'm not satisfied just sitting around mm. watching TV or whatever and that's fine if people want to do that but I, I'm curious I want to meet people I want to get up on stage and talk to people and inspire people I want to learn new ways to do things I want to educate you know yeah so yeah sometimes it's a bit tricky to want all those things and still be okay with just being quiet sometimes (laughs) yeah I like it's the the oh goodness the higher part of the brain which is the limbic system don't quote me on that it's your your frontal the frontal frontal cortex yeah yeah yeah. which is the part of us of humans that make us very different to animals in that we do want to progress and we want growth and and movement and not just be neutral um stagnant and then when you add in old behavioral patterns or like programming yeah it is I feel like that's been a massive learning growth for me as well that it's like ooh, because there was a part of my journey as well where I'm like oh maybe I need to just stop like wanting to do so much or like achieve stop achieving how about maybe I maybe I just step back and just I don't know I'm gonna say just be a mum um which I love being a mum but I've also done that in periods in my life and I get really not like I don't feel fulfilled because I feel like there is more to give and I actually feel like I have a purpose for being here and it is what I'm doing right now within our business which also then impacts our family and my children um so yeah it is that that tricky balance hey of navigating that and I think that that's where the body is so incredible so for someone like you who's had this chronic pain pattern in the past well that's just the way that your body communicates to you so you'll know you'll know when the balance is not right because you will highly likely get a little bit of a symptom or a bit of a pain signal in the body and that is the same for me as well yeah. Yeah. And when you're sensitive, when you're a sensitive person, and when I say that, it's not like you're, see, I used to struggle with that. I thought I was weak. Mm. I thought that was weakness. Mm. But sensitivity, oh my gosh, it's so powerful. Mm. You're the one that's going to pick up on the dead thing in the roof that needs to be taken out, which we've got in that roof at the moment. Ew. <laughs> 
nose. I think it's a rat. Yep, yep. You're the one going to smell when the food is going off. So you won't get that food poisoning. Yep, yep. <laughs> you're, going, you're going to be the one in the room that feels there's something not right in this room. There's a mm. person in here not safe. Let's move away. Or the, there's a person that needs our help. We need to go and help them. Mm. I think that's a very, you know, I think always I come back to mindset and our mentality and what are we what lens are we looking through in our life? Are we looking through that abundant growth mindset, positive mindset, or are we fixed? Mm. Are we um, are we judgmental? Are we um, what's that other word that I'm trying to search for? Are we um, skeptical? Mm-hmm. It's okay to have to ask questions and, and to, to be discriminative, not discrimination by mm. any means, discriminative, like be, why is that happening? Or why should I, why do you want me to do that? Or something like that. But, mm. but that general attitude, that state of mind, I think it's really important to, to look at life like that. I went completely off track then. <laughs> that's okay. That's often where the best conversations go. Now, I do want to talk about what you do do within your business. So you mentioned even at a young age, classical piano. So you're always into music. Um, when did you transition more into music and mindfulness and working more so with children yeah, well, I went into, I actually thought I was going to be a child psychologist. So mm. my uni studies were behavioural science with a major in psychology. But I got to the end of that degree and I went, oh, my gosh, I don't think I can study anymore. I want to meet people and I want to work with people. And it just so happened that I moved to out of Melbourne and I there was the government was giving away a certificate three, training in certificate three in children's services. And I've always worked with children as a nanny or babysitting growing up, you know, and I love kids. Yeah. Um, so I just thought, oh, like 40 bucks, yeah, I'll, I'll pay 40 bucks and go and study something. And I loved it. I was with a really forward-thinking centre in Geelong and they were all about sustainability. Mind you, this is like, this is 1997. Mm. So talking about sustainability back then was kind of like this new thing. So they loved me. I loved them. I worked with them for a couple of years. At the same time, I worked as a piano teacher for a music company um, and just sort of always had those two things on the go, working in Montessori, working as a piano teacher. Then I went overseas, worked as a nanny, came back, um, and I thought, you know what, I'm ready to go and do my teaching degree in kindergarten. Mm. I didn't want to do primary school teaching. I knew that wasn't for me. So I did that at uni and then I started work as a kindergarten teacher, loved that. Then I had my own kids and didn't go back to teaching for a little while because I needed to, I wanted to be at home and I wanted those first few years with the kids as well. Um, we moved to Tasmania about six years ago and I was ready to go back in the workforce and I, and I couldn't go back to teaching kindergarten because I didn't have registration in Tasmania. So it's a bureaucratic six-month window that completely missed my life. Wow. Just in terms of where you, you know, I had provisional registration in Victoria, but because I'd been out of the workforce for so long, mm. they didn't recognize it here in Tassie. Anyway, long story short, I thought, well, bugger that. I'm going to start up my own company. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm teaching, I'll start my own thing. <laughs> 
So I started doing music and movement programs. My mum was a teacher in music, so I had all her like egg shakers and maracas. And I just, we were in Deloraine and I just went around to different schools. That's in Tasmania, by the way, (laughs) where I grew up. (laughs) Weird how things have come together. Not weird. (laughs) But um, so there I just started it and I just put myself out there. I rang all the schools. Then we moved. We were only there for about six months and my husband got a job elsewhere on the northwest of Tasmania, which where we are now. And again, I just rang up all the schools and said, I'm Christy Russell. I love music and working with kids. Would you like me to come and do some sessions with you? And a couple of them said, yeah. And I ended up having a gig with our local Catholic school for about four years running. I created their kindergarten music program. I ran their birth to five programs for their families and young children. Loved it. Awesome. And with all of that, I just thought, oh, I love this. I love the joy and connection it gives with people and families, but I also love um, how it can support pre-literacy, pre-numeracy, physical, social skills, all of that. And I started, you know, with my own, um, about three years into that, that's when I went into my own personal transformation. So that's when the mindset stuff really came in. Mm. Simple things like breathing, Mm. just breathing, learning how to breathe slowly, deeply, to switch on your automatic nervous system, uh, switch on your parasympathetic nervous system, which is your rest and digest, and switch off your fight and flight system, you know. So I've got that the right, right way, haven't I? Yep, yep, yes. correct. <laughs> so simple things like that and I would bring it into, you know, I'd always brought it into my kinder sessions and all the sessions, you know, just about um, relaxing and relaxing music and playing my tank drum but never understood the science behind it mm. and I was hooked. And then I started studying neuromusic science Mm. through Bigger Better Brains, Dr. Anita Collins, and I was hooked even more and I'm still hooked. Mm. I believe that there's these two superpowers that are available to us as modes of learning. So musical learning, we know that that turns on the whole brain. Mm. It supports all sorts, especially literacy skills, but social skills, emotional, so you know, all of that. Mm. Then we have mindfulness, breathing techniques, being aware of our states of, you know, our bodies. We have these two things that are that we have the power internally to work with, to have little tips and tricks to work with our own bodies. We need to be bringing those in as early as possible so that our young children are you know, almost absorbing them as part of their natural, you know, the, the way that they absorb songs and nursery rhymes and counting through, you know, one, two, three, four, five, mm. once I caught a fish alive. Let's bring all of that in with some also some breath work and some, you know, talking mm. about our bodies and our moods and things so that by the time they get to primary school, they're a little bit more resilient. They're a little bit more ready to learn in terms of their brain architecture and then a little bit more regulated perhaps. Mm. Won't see so much, you know, I work in primary schools at the moment as well. So I'm seeing, you know, early primary struggling with reading, struggling with sitting in a classroom, struggling with social skills. If we have all of these things, this is my theory, right? If we have all of this early on, it's just going to be a little bit easier that transition to school, primary school. And then a little bit easier when we transition to high school and a little bit easier when we transfer to adulthood and Mm. independent living. I just see everything through a prevention lens, I think. Yeah, yeah. Saying it's a one-stop shop and it's going to end. 
the world and, you know, we're going to achieve world peace. I just think in the same way that Dr. Anita Collins talks about, you know, we invest in healthy eating, healthy mentality. Mm. Why, why don't we consciously invest in cognitive health, mm. capacity, building capacity early on mm. with like music and, and mindset? So that's what I do. I really, you know, I've, I've created a course for, for educators specifically in the early childhood space um, to support them with why music's important, why mindset, why mindfulness, tap, tapping in, tuning into ourselves is important first because if we can't connect with ourselves, how are we going to connect with the children we work with and care for? Mm. And so I have, you know, some little free resources to, to get an idea of what it's like to work with me and then I have some short thing, you know, short courses and yeah. I just want to keep creating resources that support educators because they're such an important role. Mm. And we'll make sure in the show notes, um, we're going to put in the show notes, the breathing. Have a little and, breathing. Vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Five simple breathing techniques. Yeah. I, I love music. I mean, my kids love music. Mm. I think, I think we're just wired for music and it's mm. also a language of the unconscious state as well. Because some, it just, I find that if I'm in a poor state or even if I want to get into a different state. So I remember I did this when, what was it last year in an Osmopreneur Awards judging and I was like super nervous. So I put on Katy Perry's Raw and I just like danced and I sang loud. I'm like, yeah, I'm ready for this. So it's, it's awesome. It's just in the same way as smells as well. Like I find like different essential oil scents or, or even smelling the fresh grass, instant state change, yeah. which is really powerful too, like both for children and also for adults that we have these very simple and often free resources where we can get out of funks or we can get out of our mind if we're spiraling with anxiety um, or even just moving the body to the rhythm then it helps to shift things like trauma and yep. blocked emotion. Like it's really powerful and I don't think people understand to the extent in which they have it on their phone, something yep. that they can use to use their, to heal. <laughs> I know, I'm with you totally. And I think it comes back to that mindset again, that fixed mindset that doctors will know. Mm. I will go and see the doctor mm. and he- tell me he or she will tell me what I need to take or what I need to do and therefore I don't need to do anything Mm. I'm sorry to burst your bubble but you are going to have to do a little bit of something to help yourself because nobody knows your story you are your best judgment of what is going to work for you yeah you know absolutely yes definitely don't don't not go to the doctor you know don't consult don't not consult a health professional but just know that you have so much power within you and you do, like you said you you can tap into music free you don't have to pay money there are certainly things that you might need to pay money for but you know just try tapping into anything free that you can tap into nature tap into chatting with a friend or sometimes it's hard to say that you're not coping you know i've felt that before i'm sure there's lots of people out there that have felt that pressure to be okay Mm. and I love the fact that we are getting less taboo about are you okay you know we're we're getting less taboo about mental health we've still got a long way to go though yeah yeah Mm. okay so for our listeners who have been listening along 
struggling with body burnout, what would you suggest are the first steps to moving towards healing based on your own journey or even if it's specific around mindfulness or music? What are, what would you say are the first steps? I do really think the first step is realising that you need help. Mm-hmm. And and whether whether you're comfortable talking to a friend or a family member or somebody that's, you know, in a professional psychologist or your GP, I think that's the first step because if you don't recognise that you need, like if, if you know internally there's something going on, please don't be scared. There are so many people out there that have experienced something similar, not your story because your story is absolutely unique. Nobody's going to take away what has happened to you or nobody has the right to tell you that your experience is not valid. Of course, there's going to be somebody that's going to be worse off than you, most likely. But do you know what? When you admit it to yourself, you are taking the very first step. So then go and talk to somebody else and say, you know what, I'm not sure what I can do. Do you have any suggestions? And if they don't know, just go and ask someone else that you trust or that you feel comfortable with. There is somebody that's going to help you help yourself, Mm. but you need to be able to do that yourself. And it could be something as simple as, you know, if you work in an office, just start by taking your lunch outside and eating it outside in front instead of in front of your computer it could be something like if you do if you're a stay-at-home parent or you've got a lot of parenting or lots of mental load with young children put on some funky music and have a dance off move those emotions okay Mm. just know that you have internal powers that you can tap into you just might need to ask for help and that is okay Mm. Awesome. So love it. Thank you so much. I'm sending out so many hugs and beautiful light to all people that need it right now. I really, I don't know you, but it doesn't matter. I really feel Mm. you from a human heart. Yeah. It's so beautiful. Thank you. (sighs) Feeling the good feelings. (laughs) So if people want to find out more about you, Especially if there's any educators who might find uh, your resources really helpful or also we were going to pop in the show notes something around breathing and regulation that everyone could um, benefit from. How could, how can people find you? So my, my business is called Movers and Shakers. Double O. <laughs> double O, yes, double O, because I had a dream about a cow and a pig and they were dancing, singing Movers ah, and Shakers. Ah. I could not have that as my logo. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to pay attention to the two O's, but Movers and Shakers Music, you can find me on Facebook, socials. I do have a small YouTube gathering, so I'd always love to do that. But I have some tank drums um, playlists up there and some story times for kids and yeah, you'll pop. You'll see it in the sh- in the show notes. You'll find me if you need to see me. I reckon. Awesome. The stars will align. <laughs> they sure will. All right. Well, thank you so much, and I hope everyone has an awesome day. Yeah. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. We so appreciate you. If you'd like to give us extra smiles, drop us a review and spread the love by sharing this episode. You can also rate your own state of burnout and the root cause contributors by taking our Ending Body Burnout Assessment on our website. And if you're interested in learning about our group or one-on-one Ending Body Burnout programs, shoot us a DM via Instagram or Facebook. 
Have, have the, the best, best day, day ever. ever.